this is what it's like in the COP bubble. Lots of media running around, politicians, their entourages, UN people, all the staff in the many country and organisation pavilions. They're all here in the Scottish city of Glasgow for what some are calling the last best chance to save the planet. And UN News is here too. Welcome to The Lid Is On, the flagship podcast from UN News, coming to you from COP26. I urge you, choose ambition, choose solidarity, choose to safeguard our future and save humanity. They will judge us with bitterness and with a resentment that eclipses any of the climate activists of today. And they will be right. A new industrial revolution, powered by millions of sustainable innovations, is essential and is indeed already beginning. I'm Connor Lennon in Glasgow, host city of the 26th UN Climate Conference, COP26. And that music you can hear is from young Scottish piper Breacher Heimbo, whose live performance kicked off proceedings this morning in the main plenary hall. We're going to be bringing you daily podcasts from the event to give you a flavour of what it's like to be here and to speak to some of those involved, from climate change activists to artists, UN leaders and more. I'm joined by my colleague Lara Quinones, who like me is fighting off jet lag after a horrible overnight flight from New York. Hi Lara. Hi, you are so right. <laughs> yes, how are your multivitamins going? Good, pretty good. Good, now we've got a packed two-week schedule so please don't get sick. It's been a lot of drama so far actually already. Um, there was the falling trees that blocked the trains from London yesterday, remember that? Yep. So a lot of people were delayed and we saw this morning there was a big crush, it was about what, 8.30 wasn't it, when there were people waiting 50 minutes to get in? Yes, lots and lots of people stuck outside uh, because they, they didn't come early enough. <laughs> Silly them, they should have got up super early like us and suffered yeah, to get through quick. Yeah, we came here like at 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> yes, we were very clever, weren't we? Uh, there's a real sense of energy though I think I mean we're in the blue zone right now we're in the media center and walking around today I just, it just felt energetic we've had a lot of you know cynicism building up to this but yep. it does feel like you know this is a positive vibe or is that just me yeah I mean on in the halls you can see lots of people lots of journalists everyone is so excited and, and I don't know there's like you say this positive vibe going around the other thing I'd noticed was just how big this place is. I mean, I, oh my God. I knew it was going to be big, but uh, we'll find out later. I was speaking to uh, the uh, head of conference here, and she said, another Laura actually, and <laughs> she said this is the biggest one they've had so far. And it doesn't surprise me. I mean, we attempted, didn't we, to walk from the blue zone to the green zone, oh my which God. was a terrible idea. Yeah. We're not doing that again. No, no, we're never doing that again. But thankfully, we have amazing electric buses that can take us yes. <laughs> so we are we'll be taking those the next time we attempt to do that <laughs> yes i'll be doing that tomorrow and reporting from the green zone oh, so yeah. yeah it is the biggest cop ever in terms of the number of people who have registered although as we found out it doesn't necessarily mean they're all coming yep. uh, because they registered online they might just be coming in uh, virtually and the largest site ever so i spoke to lara laura lopez from unf that's the un climate change agency and I was interrupting her, actually. She was watching US President Joe Biden delivering his COP speech. So she's in charge of all the nuts and bolts that go into putting the conference together. And I asked her if this COP is different from the previous editions. 
Everyone is different. However, this one is uh, definitely unique. We hope that we don't have to do another COP with COVID protocols. Uh, but just the not having everyone together for two years has really changed the way people uh, are coming together. They want to be together. We normally have a COP of about 25 to 30,000 people. Um, already we've registered 54,000 and we now have a virtual component. So we don't know how many of those registered will be coming to Glasgow and how many will just follow along on the platform. And there's a sense outside of COP that people are more aware of, of the issue, the reason why we're all here, climate change. And, and are you getting a sense that that's percolating into the conference itself? Is there a different energy this year? Absolutely. And you could hear it this morning in the opening ceremonies. All the speakers said the same thing. Uh, the urgency is there. I think the last year and a half, two years, the climate disasters around the world have been become such more, more, more prominent, but also just no country escapes. So there's a sense that we really are um, in danger. And I think that the activism that used to be outside in the streets, it's really come into the conference room. So you, you feel a sense of urgency without a doubt. And you know, many of the activists are gonna be in the green zone. So if we're in the blue zone now. Why is there a blue zone and a green zone? Usually the green zone is for the host country to highlight their own solutions. So they have a place where also the community can come in. They don't have to be badged for negotiations. They can go and let's say more enjoy and learn. Uh, in this case, though, we do have quite a few of civil society here. We have the largest group of civil society registered in our process. We have over 3,000 organizations. They're in nine constituencies. And they participate. They're the main people who put on the side events. But they also are able to participate in plenary. And they're able to, say, have, have an have a influence over the negotiators. Now, it's two weeks. It's, it's a long time for a conference. Often conferences are a couple of days and people are going to have to pace themselves. You look very relaxed. Is that because your work's kind of done? Mine's not done, but the worst, uh, the most complicated part is over. The venue's up and running. The services are running. We've had a, a bit of a rush this morning at the door, uh, but that's, the worst is gone. Uh, the, the leaders will be here for two days, and then when they leave, then it's back to business as usual. Only the participants and the, the ministers and all of the, the folks who would like to come in and show their solutions and share with each other. So what else will you be doing now, next few days? What have you got planned? We've got a lot of tweaking to do with this, the, the fact that some people can participate virtually, uh, which has never really happened before. So we're going to try and tweak that so there's a good balance. Uh, some of the events you can do virtually completely. So we, haven't, we have to make sure that our bandwidth is proper, that people are informed on it, with how, how they run a meeting, if they have to have people coming in remote from other locations or other rooms even. We've linked some of the meeting rooms. Uh, because of the physical distancing, not the normal number are in the room. You want to make sure it's an inclusive process and everyone has a seat at the table. So we're tweaking some of those things. Uh, we're also just making sure that it keeps on running and people can keep the physical distance, masking, hand sanitizing, and then, of course, that they can go out and enjoy themselves and relax a little bit in the evenings. Well, so far there's coffee and Wi-Fi. I mean, that's, that, those are the two main things, and that's all working well, so thanks for that. And, and there's a distillery on site, so that's something else that the Scottish government has emphasized, that uh, if you really want to relax, that distillery is just a few meters away. We must discuss that very soon. Thank you very much. That was Laura Lopez, the head of conference services for COP26. And the most crucial piece of information there is that the Scottish government has made sure there's a distillery on site. Yeah, I saw it so, coming in. <laughs> yes, and I think that we're going to be spending some time there before this finishes. I think we're going to need it. Yes, but maybe not right now because we have to keep <laughs> our heads on. So today and tomorrow, it's the high level part of the conference, which is why it's so busy. It's the World Leaders Summit. 
and many heads of state here. You've been following this all day. Yep. And the UN Secretary General, Antonio Guterres. And as usual, when it comes to the climate crisis, he didn't mince his words. Our addiction to fossil fuels is pushing humanity to the brink. We face a stark choice. Either we stop it or it stops us. And it's time to say enough. Enough of brutalizing biodiversity. Enough of killing ourselves with carbon. Enough of treating nature like a toilet. Enough of burning and drilling and mining our way deeper. We are digging our own graves. Recent climate action announcements might give the impression that we are on track to turn things around. This is an illusion. The last published report on national determined contributions showed that they would still condemn the world to a calamitous 2.7 degree increase. And even if the recent pledges were clear and credible, and there are serious questions about some of them, we are still careening towards climate catastrophe. Excellencies, we face a moment of truth. We are fast approaching tipping points that will trigger escalating feedback loops of global heating. But investing in the net zero climate resilient economy will create feedback loops of its own, virtuous circles of sustainable growth, jobs and opportunity. We have progress to build upon. A number of countries have made credible commitments to net zero emissions by mid-century. Many have pulled the plug on international financing of coal. Over 700 cities are leading the way to carbon neutrality, and the private sector is waking up. The Net Zero Asset Owners Alliance, the gold standard for credible commitments and transparent targets, is managing 10 trillion US dollars in assets and catalyzing change across industries. The Climate Action Army, led by young people, is unstoppable. They are larger, they are louder, and they assure you they are not going away, and I stand with them. The sirens are sounding. Our planet is talking to us and telling us something. And so are people everywhere. Climate action tops the list of people's concerns across countries, age, and gender. We must listen, and we must act, and we must choose wisely. On behalf of these and future generations, I urge you, choose ambition, choose solidarity, choose to safeguard our future and save humanity, and I thank you. And the growing climate action army mentioned by the UN chief also came up during the speech made by the first politician of the day to speak. That was Boris Johnson, the prime minister of the UK, who spoke first because he's representing the host country of COP26. And he also acknowledged the anger of young people and future generations if this conference doesn't deliver results. The children who will judge us are children not yet born and their children and we are now coming centre stage before a vast and uncountable audience of, of posterity and we mustn't fluff our lines or miss our cue because if we fail they will not 
forgive us. They will know that Glasgow was the historic turning point when history failed to turn. They will judge us with bitterness and with a resentment that eclipses any of the climate activists of today. And they will be right. COP26 will not and cannot be the end of the story on climate change. If summits alone solved climate change, then we wouldn't have needed 25 previous COP summits to get where we are today. But while COP26 will not be the end of climate change, it can and it must mark the beginning of the end. And as we work, let us think about those billions of beady eyes that are watching us around the world, increasingly edgy and disenchanted. And let us think of the billions more of the unborn whose anger will be all the greater if we fail. But we have the opportunity and we have the duty to make this summit the moment when humanity finally began, and I stress began, to defuse that bomb. And to make this the moment when we, when we began irrefutably to turn the tide and to begin the fight back against climate change. Yes, it's going to be hard, but yes, we can do it. And so let's get to work with all the creativity and imagination and goodwill that we possess. Thank you very much and good luck to all of us. Thank you. Mr. Johnson ended on a hopeful note, but I'd say the real inspiration of the day, and Lara, I'm sure you agree, was the renowned BBC Nature broadcaster David Attenborough, who belied his 95 years with a passionate speech set to stirring music. Is this how our story is due to end? A tale of the smartest species doomed by that all too human characteristic of failing to see the bigger picture in pursuit of short-term goals. Perhaps the fact that the people most affected by climate change are no longer some imagined future generation, but young people alive today, perhaps that will give us the impetus we need to rewrite our story, to turn this tragedy into a triumph. We are, after all, the greatest problem solvers to have ever existed on Earth. We now understand this problem. We know how to stop the number rising and put it in reverse. We must have carbon emissions halt them this decade we must recapture billions of tons of carbon from the air. We must fix our sights on keeping one and a half degrees within reach. A new industrial revolution, powered by millions of sustainable innovations, is essential and is indeed already beginning. We will all share in the benefits affordable clean energy, healthy air, and enough food to sustain us all. Nature is a key ally. Whenever we restore the wild, it will recapture carbon and help us bring back balance to our planet. 
And as we work to build a better world, we must acknowledge no nation has completed its development because no advanced nation is yet sustainable. All have a journey still to compete so that all nations have a good standard of living and a modest footprint. We're going to have to learn together how to achieve this, ensuring none are left behind. We must use this opportunity to create a more equal world. And our motivation should not be fear, but hope. I got the chills when I heard him. Yeah, it was great stuff, wasn't it? From it David was great, and everyone was just startled looking at him. 95 years old, same age as the Queen, who yeah. was too sick to get here, but he was he full of passion perfect. and energy. Yes. So you can find the videos of those speeches and sessions from today, the whole two-week affair, in fact, on the UNF Triple C YouTube channel. Now, um, let us turn, Lara, to your knowledge of COP. I'm going to ask you a question <laughs> from the official UN News COP26 quiz. All and right. I think we'll do this as we go on. And we'll just say you should know some of these because, well, you've been working on this for a long time as well. <laughs> right. So only five UN member states have not ratified, not ratified the landmark 2015 Paris Agreement. And I want you, actually the quiz says name one. I want you because you work for the UN. I want two from you. Give me two. I have no clue. I really don't remember this question. Iran, <laughs> you could have had. Okay, Iraq. that's true. Okay. Yemen, Eritrea, and Libya. Okay. There you go. Now you know. Now so, I know. Thank you so and much. And you also know... From now on, you're going to have to be cheating by looking at the answers, which you can find <laughs> on the uh, UN News page. Just uh, type quiz in and you'll find the UN News <laughs> official COP26 climate quiz, which I put together. And Okay, I didn't know all the answers before I did it, I uh, must admit. Okay. I, I had to look quite a lot of them I, up, I don't feel so bad anymore. No, you don't have to feel so bad. So anyway, you're on, on top of all the other work you have to do from now until tomorrow, you can <laughs> bone up on that quiz. Um, so the stuff you're doing today, you have been putting together the main story of the day. Yes, we have been putting together um, a long piece on our UN News website, which includes, of course, the Secretary General's message, uh, who advocated for lead world leaders to stop making nature their toilet. Yes, uh, it was a very earthy yeah. metaphor that he used today. Stop using, And the other one, <laughs> let's stop digging our own graves when we dig coal out of the earth yeah, as well. Yeah, that was very, very strong work. Like you said before, he didn't mince words today. And we also uh, have included everything that's been going on throughout the day. So make sure you check it out. Yes, this is your chance to plug the newsletter. Oh, yeah, that too. Because you'd be spending a lot of time on that every day. Oh, yes. So you can go to our UN News website and there's going to be a little tiny mail sign that you can go in and subscribe. Make sure you subscribe for the climate uh, updates. And you're going to get a COP26 specialized newsletter every day until COP is done. Yes. I mean, what could be better than that? So yeah. every day. And if you go onto the main UN News page, there's a link to our special coverage of COP26. Mm -hmm. And as Lara said, you can subscribe to the newsletter to get it sent to your mailbox directly. Tomorrow, it's the second day of the World Leaders Summit. The, and Lara, you're going to be coving that. Yes, it's all about presidents for me these two days. Oh, yeah. Can't get enough <laughs> presidents. 
I'll be heading to the green zone on the bus, of course, <laughs> this time. And I'll be hearing from some of the climate activists who've made it out here. There are lots of artists out there, musicians. It should You should come out if you have time. Yeah. So goodbye from me. Goodbye from Lara. Thanks for being with me today, Lara, and for taking part in the quiz, which you obviously enjoyed oh, so much yeah. oh, today. I loved it so much. And we're going to leave you with some of the voices of young people from around the world who were saying what they think about climate action. And we heard them before the world leaders began speaking this morning. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. The Amazon is calling for our help and we need to build bridges and not walls so we can build together a better future for everyone, not leaving anyone behind. I would like to live in a world where every young person feels like they can be part of creating positive change because only together can we create the change we wish to see.